0: to outer space now flying higher than ever before rangers in space go power rangers go power rangers go power rangers go 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 go, go, fly bruh rangers and residents of space welcome to the sentai truther club I am your host, Grav, and with me
1: is my lovely comrade, Kennedy. Hey, what's up? Hi from space, everyone.
0: <laughs> How are you doing today?
1: Uh, You know, I'm good. I got canceled by liberals, but what else is new? <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you know, you brought this upon yourself. When we first started this show, you were at, like, I don't know, 1.2k followers on Twitter or something. And then you've only grown, like, three times since then.
1: Yeah. It wasn't that long ago, even. I was at, like, 400 followers for, like, most of the year, you know? It's just been rapid growth, and with that rapid growth comes a lot of reply guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, dude. I had, like, probably one of the most traumatic weekends in terms of, like, just being around people who are absurd Not to say that liberals are that absurd, not as absurd as I'm thinking of, but just like hard to deal with on a daily basis. And uh, my God, dude, I was with a QAnon family for like three days straight.
1: Oh, my God. No, don't do that.
0: uh, I was with a family of Jehovah's Witnesses who were like praying for Donald Trump's (laughs) re-election, like that type of stuff. And unfortunately, this happened over the electors deciding who's the president weekend. So, uh, tensions were high. They were all, like, doomsday preppers and that type of stuff. And I know what you're asking. Why would you put up with this? And it's like, I thought I would get a good deal on something. And, uh, it turns out that, uh, I was not willing to sacrifice my soul for that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, like, getting a good deal on a house or something like that, potentially, that's nice and all. But, like, if I have to work with these people... Oh boy, can't do it, can't do it. Uh, those are the truthers I don't want to associate with. You know, the truthers I do want to associate with are my Sentai truthers who are out there. What's up? There we go. High five. What's up? What's-
1: <laughs> virtual, virtual high five.
0: Uh, oh my God. Yeah, Um, glad to be back. And like, I saved up the last four episodes of Power Rangers in space for after that weekend, but before our recording, and uh, it was a nice palate cleanser, I'll tell you that.
1: I, I also watched the outro today.
0: So oh, we you were did?
1: Mine, yeah. I okay. saved it. I decided I'd wait till the day that we were recording this to watch the final. Uh, well, there ended up being three episodes that I hadn't seen yet because, like I said, I realized, wait, no, I didn't watch a line in the sand, and then I watched that. Gotcha. <laughs> so has that?
0: <laughs> We'll get it to a line in the sand. So has that influenced your opinion on Power Rangers in space at all? The fact that we did like abridged viewings like that?
1: No, I, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I don't know. I mean, my opinion's really high. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I the viewing thing was interesting this time. And I, I, I think that, I don't know. I thought it was overall for the good probably. But I also think that like I didn't take great notes because I was vibing with you and getting smonked out and like <laughs> <laughs> and just having a good time instead of paying the deepest of attention. Also, we watched 34 episodes, which is like the most we've watched of any season so far. So just trying to like encapsulate all that we've seen is a lot. We did watch 32 in uh, MMPR Season 3, which came close. But also a lot of that stuff was just plainly of no substance in season three and like it was easier to be like yeah whatever and just kind of like watch it and gloss over it this it's like a lot of these episodes were like so many of the episodes were substantive in different ways and it's like i really want to try to capture as much of that as possible in this season review i'll say that much yeah because like yeah so
0: (laughs) i think that this was a real test for us because this is a highly serialized series of power rangers because this was supposed to be the end uh there wasn't supposed to be power rangers after this this was supposed to be the final send-off and so because of that uh there's a lot of canon episodes in a very tight uh episodic list because it's 34 out of 43 only nine episodes were filler that's a very low percentage of filler here And with that being said, I think this is also kind of a test for us for how we do season in reviews for the Sentai series that don't even have filler guides yet or the ones that do, but it's still like, oh yeah, out of 50 something episodes, you still have to watch 40, right? Because the Japanese Sentai footage, that stuff serialized from the get, like they are telling a cohesive story all throughout. There is like filler episodes. Don't get me wrong, but for the most part, it's a lot like in space where it's like, very low percentage of filler so this season in review is going to be a little bit different uh we're going to more or less capture the essence of in space to as little of time as possible while also like you know critiquing it properly uh
1: but yeah yeah we just don't want to like time as possible we realistically who knows
0: right 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 like i'm prepared to talk about this for at least two hours don't get me wrong but i like kennedy was just like hey I don't want to be here for five hours. So if it could be less than that, that would be great. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I understand.
1: If if I tried to like recap this the way that I did, like some seasons where I really like got into every single episode, we would just, we would be here forever. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to use some tools for the sake of brevity here. But on that subject, let's get into it and stop talking about it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i think the only other caveat that i want to add is is that the wikis are of no help because <laughs> the, the the summary descriptions aren't enough to like accurately describe an episode uh so no. it's just like we've really got no help on this so we're really basing it off of like memory scrobbling and what writings we have so bear with us <laughs>
1: just to i i just i know we've talked about it a little bit but i just want to give the context again that like in space was do or die and in particular like they didn't even really think of it that way like you were saying grav like you can tell especially when we get to the end here that like they just thought this was it they wrote this season thinking it was it and of course what happened is this is like this is the watershed moment for power rangers where it really Becomes itself in a lot of ways because the thing is, is like this: is, there's this initial great idea that is MMPR, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it kicks off and it captivates people's minds and attention. But they struggle to keep it. They struggle to keep consistent ratings even in the first season. They struggle to keep consistent ratings after that. And so here they are the show is probably going to be canceled after this season, no matter what is basically like the, the vibe. And so they decide to go all out, do the best season that they can with a lot of ambition and just like tie up all the loose threads. There's been so many storylines over the years and they tie up almost all of them that we're still, that we're still kind of dangling, you know, Right, um,
0: and I do want to add a couple of other things, is that, like, this is essentially American sci-fi, this show, right? Like, this is, like, American culture in a sense that it's the exploitation of all other cultures kind of put together in the sort of sci-fi uh, show, and I think it was done really well. But, like, I'd be remiss to say, like, hey, you know, this show... Is like this is the Star Trek of of Power Rangers, right? So it's like, okay, what if we had Star Trek for kids and also kaiju, right? Like, like that's that's basically it, right? Like, okay, we have that, we have kaiju, we have Power Rangers, you know, we have transforming and stuff. Cool. All right, all right, all right. That that's the that's the concept. That's the concept. All right. What what else do what else do people like? Uh. Uh, people like Marvel superheroes. Uh, what's some other space superheroes? Uh, uh, Silver Surfer. Oh, l- let's add like Silver Surfer aesthetics to this. You know, let's let's do all of these things. So it's like this. I guess this is like the Avengers Endgame of of the Power Rangers Zordon era, right? And here we are yeah. as like this amazing fucking send off.
1: And it's and there's also it's great. very much the aspect of like. Um the 90s was a time uh, like a golden era for star trek and there's very much a vibe of like just cashing in directly not just on any star trek vibe but specifically on the 90s star trek vibes you know <laughs> like just jumping in on that and saying yeah yeah, like we can make that but for kids um because and this fuck is the man era. they fucking pulled it off holy shit damn did they ever did they ever like it's incredible really it's like i said this is the watershed moment because the everything rode on this season and not only did they deliver something workable but they actually delivered something so good that it's pretty fair to say that like the success of this season is why power rangers is still running
0: yes because like it truly means that you can do anything you can take this anywhere like they were bra- they were like expanding the universe in ways that you would never even fucking think of of like what's possible for a power rangers show to be
1: yeah it's it's really outside of the expectations it's it's really uh it's it's really just like a a, a a total subversion of what they've done before now because before now Everything has been very episodic. It's been very light overall. There have been times where there's slightly heavy themes, but they've seemed to be mostly veering away from that over time, not towards it, until now. This season is really serious. It's emotional. It's personal. It just It's more thoughtful. And, of course, one of the huge things that contributes to this is that, as y'all know, because I'm sure you've listened to our episode where we go over the intro by now, they don't have a mentor this season. And that's cool as shit, actually, <laughs> because what it turns into is this season revolves a lot around the Rangers themselves like sitting down in the bridge or around the like cafeteria table on the spaceship or wherever else and just like having to make the hard decisions.
0: Right. Uh, I think that they, they did a lot of core concepts that they explored previously and they just like compounded it into one entity. Right. So like Andros, the Red Ranger, he is the sixth Ranger. He's that like lone wolf style Ranger that's typically the sixth Ranger in previous seasons. Instead, now he's incorporated into the team itself. And then you have TJ, yeah. who is an ex-Red Ranger, who is now the Blue Ranger, and he is straight up like, he's the Red Ranger. He's
1: the leader. Right. Right. right? Yeah, like,
0: 100%. Because at the end of the day, the primary mission in this season isn't for Andros to get back uh, astronomer. The primary mission is to get back Zordon. Astronoma is secondary. So technically, right. TJ constantly being on the ball with searching for Zordon, despite Andros's bullshit of, like, hey, uh, there's a chance that my sister might be here, you know, outside of that. Like, we would be, like, doing that shit primarily if Andros was the typical Red Ranger, right? And then we would be focusing on saving Zordon or something yeah. like that. Like, that would be more of the main focus. But instead... Yeah. TJ kind of acts as the red ranger role in this in this thing so where it's still kind of sort of skewed towards Andros in terms of like emotional development around the show but honestly like it's just because it's all incorporated into into one thing I still think it's like maybe 55 45 in terms of like the rest of the team and Andros um maybe a little bit like 40 like maybe like 40 15 35 where 15 is zane um but still andros does get quite a bit
1: more time than the rest of the rangers but still all of the rangers get some love well the nice thing is like i said everything is reliant on the rangers just making their own decisions and supporting each other here and so a lot of times even when andros is getting the focus one of the other rangers is getting to play a good supporting character
0: you yes, know?
1: And Carlos being the hidden red ranger as well. Yeah, the the secret, the secret leader, the shadow leader.
0: Yeah, cuz Car- <laughs> like in this season the black ranger is the main ranger. So the because of that they skewed the season to have like really awesome black ranger moments cuz the the footage is too pogged to pass up. Yeah. And so like you have yeah, Carlos so- just doing crazy ass fucking like fucking shattering the grid level
1: shit it's wild yeah um yeah because like you said it uh the black ranger was the lead in in the sentai footage that they're using so there's all this great like black ranger shit just laying around for them to use and they did take advantage of that so carlos also got a lot of love definitely ashley and cassie got the least love overall but they uh, I think still got Ashley, development. They still got development.
0: I think the only one here that got burnt this season was Cassie. Cassie um, got burnt for sure, yeah. Ashley though, I think she had quite a lot of screen time. I think the problem is is that Ashley's actor isn't that good.
1: she she definitely had
0: quite a bit of screen time.
1: I yeah, but I thought the problem more so was that like too much of her screen time was just supporting. Like there were very few moments where she got to do something that defined her character this season. Whereas, like, like, because it, it, it was just, like, pure support role stuff where it's, like, she's she's Andros's girlfriend and she's helping him as he's dad, you know? Like, was, like, a lot of Ashley's screen time. So it's, like, and stuff like that. So it's, like, she, yeah, she got a ton of screen time, but so much of it was just, like, in service to other characters. Like, there was no moment where, of, like, last season you know, Ashley making the jacket and that whole, like, thing and, like, really, like, pursuing the idea that she has some character of her own. She didn't really have, like, a personality of her own this season.
0: Yeah, yeah, she was kind of just like, I'm in love with Andros and that's my character. Yeah. Because basically she was just playing second fiddle to Andros the whole time.
1: Whereas I think Cassie actually got a tiny bit more of, like, personality but, uh, but almost no screen time. So it's the like second time, the second time. The second
0: time they do this to an, an Asian, uh, an Asian woman.
1: Yeah, they're pretty bad about this so far. If we were just gonna like, we we are gonna do some like Zordon era v- review stuff. Most of it'll probably be on the upcoming Patreon. But uh, that will be for the Lost Galaxy episode. <laughs> we'll probably do some review stuff because like there's, there's definitely been some things that have been like running themes, and one of them has been that like they keep including these Asian women as if it's representation, but then just treating them like shit guys. Cassie please. gets one solo focused episode to be
0: fair. TJ only gets like really one solo focused episode, but TJ's like a big enough
1: personality to where he doesn't really need a
0: solo episode. To be honest, yeah, uh,
1: he even if he hadn't had that episode, he would have gotten tons of meaningful screen time, and that episode just takes him over the top to where it's like, okay, he got tons of meaningful screen time everywhere, and he got an episode about him, and it's great. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I know, I know we'll do our Ranger rankings later, but I think overall I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, this season in terms of like screen time distribution. As we head into the actual episodes themselves, though, um, so we start off with uh, From Out of Nowhere. We said it was a really great opening, probably the best opening since Day of the Dumpster. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rare praise. Like, we don't we don't say that lightly. Like, it was, it no, was we've, high up we hated all the openings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ninja
1: Quest wasn't that bad. Yeah, but we were critical of it, and rightfully so.
0: I actually, like, you know, as much as I love Zeo... I couldn't tell you what... I think I remember... Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember what a Zio beginning was about.
1: It literally called a Zio beginning, remember?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it's like sometimes I forget about, like... every. I forget about everything about Zio except, like, Jason and Tommy.
1: (laughs) Zio had that dank prologue, though. Don't forget that.
0: Yeah, you're right, you're right. That was
1: almost a tease for, like, the stuff that they do here. Because a lot of this feels like that weirdly, like... Serious sci-fi vibe that the, the prologue had
0: yes, right? Yes, actually you're right uh, That really went well. That's the exact same tone So what we were looking for in the Zio Lost prologue we got as a sort of like tonal atmosphere in in space um, Yeah Save our ship and shell-shocked brought some characterization to astronoma as well as it was a crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
1: and of course, the characterization of Astronomer was desperately needed because in the intro, like they, one of the few balls that they really drop is not presenting Astronomer in an interesting way at all, which is unfortunate because I actually think that she proves herself to be a great villain before it's over. But in the intro, it's just like, it's just like, this is the new evil space princess of the month. Like, that's the vibe. That's the only vibe that you get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So,
1: so yeah, but luckily right away they start to correct that in the first few episodes after the intro with like a lot of just like astronomers personality. The wig changing thing is really fun. I love like just the way that like she adds different details to her outfits at different times and stuff too. Like she's a very glamorous villain. Obviously, anybody who knows me well knows that I I love the the glam. So I'm just like naturally into that. But then beyond the aesthetics, like she's also like she becomes a pretty compelling villain after a few episodes, I thought, because she's this kind of complex and tormented villain. And it's a really it's a really good fit for this season, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that she acts like a kid, right? Like her 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 character is like, I am a one note villain in terms of, like, I am evil for the sake of being evil, or I'm brainwashed to be evil. And it's not just, like, a thin layer of icing. It runs deep into her very character, and it shows yeah. with the way that she performs, right? Because she's not just some, like, comical villain who ain't about it, right? Because astronomer now, at this point in the show, we are in the third and the fourth episode, and she's already legitimately infiltrating... Uh, the Power Rangers' ship yeah, and, like, getting successful takeovers.
1: She comes on strong with the plots, which I like. She's definitely, like... This is one of the, the, the big improvements that they make this season, and she just happens to get the benefit of it. You know, is that, like, they really made an effort with the writing this season to say, okay, these villains are not just sending a monster for no reason most of the time. The plots are more complex than that. There's a purpose to like every step here. And in fact, it really feels that way on a lot of levels. And it builds, it helps to build the tension of the fact that Dark Spectre seems to be planning to take over the universe and that Zordon is going to like die or something.
0: Yep. Yep. The whole Zordon subplot, I think, is really good in terms of they're trying to, I think. The Dark Spectre trying to convert Zordon into dark energy instead of, I guess, the good energy that radiates off of his tube. That whole storyline of it, like, being trafficked around until the conversion is complete is pretty good. Because, like, it serves as, like, a sort of, like, cat and mouse situation. I think that gets lost around the middle of the season. But as an anchor in the beginning, it's pretty good
1: yeah i like it a lot it definitely gets lost in the mix a little bit at times but definitely like there's there's cool moments where it gets brought back and i agree like the fact that it's like they're kind of moving zordon around so that the power rangers can't find him is like a it's like a really good plot element on a lot of levels so so yeah so astronomer's plots like just seem really competent right away and then like you say so there is this kind of, at first, especially this impression of just this very surface level, she's just like, I'm evil because evil. And it's like, okay, so this is like as basic as it gets. We've had some other villains kind of like this, whatever. But then, like you say, as it gets going, it's like, no. No one can actually be that simple is what you learn. And, And it's like, it's so cool, actually. Like it, it ends up blossoming into this really nuanced character that at first seems so simple. Astronomer, the queen of evil. I'm evil as evil, 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 you know, but it's it's really not it's really not as simple as it seems on the surface. Because again, she was brainwashed into this lifestyle. And so she has all of these mixed emotions about these things. And she's become convinced to an extent that, like, a lot of these core values are correct. But she's not sure if she agrees with a lot of the people around her, which is, like, a big theme of the season. So it's kind of, like, in a way, like, somebody who's been brainwashed harmful, like, religion, you know, religious sect. And, like, at a certain point, like, they realize that, like, the leadership around them is... Corrupt and they leave it or something But they don't but they stay with the, the Like the exact same strain of Religion that's like Kind of almost the vibe that she has where she's Kind of like I I believe in this evil philosophy But also I don't know If I trust any of these people Around me
0: Yeah yeah for sure The next episode yeah. is never stop searching And this one We've talked about in the best and worst uh, episode for in space it's just an amazing episode carlos like goes fucking ham it's pretty good like I- honestly yeah. it's like probably deserves to be talked about in like the top 10 best power ranger episodes it kind of reveals a dynamic between carlos and andros uh you think that they obviously have a, a gay relationship with each other
1: It really feels that way. Uh, I agree. Like the vibe, the the way,
0: (laughs) the way, like it's acted out and stuff, and the certain choice choice lines that are said is very interesting. But uh, it it definitely uh, proves that sort of dynamic, especially as the season goes on, because this isn't the first time that Andrew, like, this isn't the first time that Carlos like saves Andres's ass from like immediate danger.
1: I'm just gonna put it out there. I definitely have the working fan theory here for this season that like Andros just slept with all of the Earth Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they all, there's all there's moments where they all seem weirdly affectionate with Andros. Yeah, and like there's it, it it almost felt like at times any of the characters could have been like shipped as his lead romantic interest and like it just happened to be ashley you know like yeah like it, it could have been anyone it almost felt like there's a couple of times where like even tj is acting kind of coy and <laughs> you know like it's yeah just like come on and honestly like I, I think that that's fun personally like that the weird subtext of everyone kind of hitting on Andros like I, I th- I'm into it I'm here for it <laughs> yeah I know you think Andros is hot I don't think he's super hot but I like his hair He's that de- he definitely I gives like off uh, he gives
0: off himbo vibes yeah <laughs> alright you don't have to look so longingly
1: <laughs> oh please you're one to talk so yeah there's just there's just a lot of interesting stuff going on in never stop searching obviously we talk about it a lot in the best and worst so you could check that out i will say though that never stop searching and then the episode that comes immediately after satellite search also help establish another core theme of this season which is that it's not always the villains kicking things off in previous power rangers it's basically been like the power rangers are like, volunteer firefighters that are waiting around for someone to call and tell them that a building is on fire. Right? But, like, in this season, there's a lot of times where it's, like, the Rangers are basically, like, doing something active to try to thwart you know, the evil plots of all of these villains. And then the villains are responding to that, and that's kind of what's kicking off the action. And, like, both Never Stop Searching and Satellite Search have these aspects. Um, and I, I thought that was like a really welcome change. You saw a little of this in previous seasons, but not very much. <laughs> right.
0: The Wasp of the Heart was another interesting episode where we got treated to the fact that the bad guys don't necessarily want to be bad. They might want to actually be
1: good and not bad. And- of course, this fits because we have a lead villain that also is having these conflicts. Yes,
0: because Astronema is starting to basically question herself in why she's doing this. And it turns out that she has some sort of a uh, mysterious past that for some reason, astronomer can't know about, based on what Ecliptor is saying. Uh, speaking of Ecliptor, fantastic design. Love that guy. I don't think that there was necessarily, like, a really bad episode with him. Or that it was, like, primarily him. Really good
1: sidekick. Probably the best sidekick, like, in the leagues of Goldar. We'll have to, you know, we'll have to save final thoughts on things like that for the Zordon era in review, but I tend to agree. Like, (laughs) this is not a definitive answer, but, yeah, I mean, really... And also, I mean, Darkonda, too... Obviously, he is not a he's not a good lieutenant in the sense that he is someone you should trust, <laughs> but amazing character. And I think, like, just like the interplay behind the scenes of a lot of the villain stuff this season is really good. it's It's at the highest level it's been yet, really. I think this is um, also
0: the first flash in the pan, like this episode, specifically the Wasp with the Heart. and then, Uh, When we get into like flashes of Darkonda later, this episode kind of shows that yes, right, the evil is united in getting rid of good, but not all of them agree on the same pathways. And this is the first type of like rogue element that you see in The Wasp with a Heart, where uh, like basically bad guys not wanting to do business with other bad guys despite both trying to get rid of the same force.
1: Yeah. So, Um, And this is a really important element for this season because the bad guys are super strong and the Power Rangers seem to be fighting like a kind of losing battle. However, even though it is a losing battle, this still, like I was kind of saying, this still comparative to before, there's a huge improvement with the activeness that the Power Rangers seem to be actually trying to stop the bad guys from doing bad things. It really felt like before that the Power Rangers would have just been content to like let Rita and Zed live on the moon forever if they just stop doing things that were obvious. And, like, that's of course, like the neoliberal solution to just allow evil to quietly exist because it doesn't affect you. These Power Rangers are a little bit more in a revolutionary mindset this season and are like, no, we have to actually stop the evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, fundamentally.
0: Yeah. Like, we need a permanent solution.
1: <laughs> and I think that's a. I, God, I think. (laughs) I think that's. I think that's really to the benefit of a part. A lot of why this season feels more serious is because, like I say, there's like that goofiness of just like, oh yeah, we could just coexist with these villains maybe. Before and now this season, they're like, no, 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 no. We need to stop the villains. Like we have to stop them. Like we have to stop them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By any means necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Frequently, like the the means that the Power Rangers try at times of this season are like they're 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 desperate at times. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's really cool. And I, I liked satellite search a lot, just as like it felt very nineties sci-fi. And I liked it that the Power Rangers were kind of like getting a leg up on the bad guys for a minute there even if it didn't work out it still felt good for like the power rangers to be like active and doing stuff in that way
0: yeah another core element of this season is the fact that this is kind of a celebration season as well right this is a celebration of previous power rangers episodes and in the delta discovery they bring back the worst sixth ranger they bring <laughs> back the phantom ranger For an intergalactic mission to help save
1: him. You know, he's not that bad in this season, though. You gotta gotta admit. Like, yes, he's a, a mediocre character that never gets fully developed. But, like, as far as, like, just having, like, a mystery... A mystery ranger, like, mixed in a couple of times this season, it was pretty inoffensive. It wasn't like Turbo, where I found the Phantom Ranger just... They just drug it out in this long nonsense that I couldn't even... It just filled me with hate. (laughs) Disagree.
0: Disagree. We needed...
1: I think we've got a total
0: of maybe two episodes of Phantom Ranger, maybe three. I would have preferred one episode of Phantom Ranger, one episode of Trey of Triforia. Give me two episodes of Trey of Triforia, actually. Actually, give me one episode of Trey of Triforia and then give me... Give me Andros meeting Jason, and he has the Mighty Morphin Red. Med, red. Uh, I, I won't agree to that whatsoever. However, what? Come on! Uh,
1: this is a celebration season. Why not have some Zio in there? They brought I mean, back a, uh, Jason. Jason, maybe, but I don't want. I don't want Trey. Hater. Yeah. Hater. Trey is whack. Okay, you're but, hair. however, I am. However, I'll compromise. I'll compromise with you. What they should have done was tag in the Equation Rangers.
0: Yes! So, have a Trey of Triforia episode. Have an
1: Equation Ranger episode. That would have been sick. Yeah. The cool thing, if they brought the Equations back, too, is they implied that, you know, the Equation Rangers also changed, too, so they could have had, like, a whole new lineup of Equation Rangers. Ah, we're the new Equation Rangers, you know, and like just done. Like it could have been really fun. I think. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity. The Phantom Ranger was just whatever, in my opinion. Just
0: we got to see his ship transform into a Megazord, but it, it kind it looks really dorky. It wasn't cool. Like it, it matches the dorkiness of the Phantom Rangers design in general.
1: <sighs> it's 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 funny because in some ways. Justin sucks, right? Like we agree on this. But in the fan service done to Justin's character was better than the Phantom Ranger fan service, right? No, I can't agree with you on that. I'm not saying that it was better to watch. I'm saying that it was better fan service.
0: Yes, like Justin. If Justin's you like Justin got
1: the perfect treatment.
0: Yeah, if you like Justin, you were like pogged up for True Blue to the Rescue, but Uh, If you were a Phantom Ranger stan for whatever reason, and you thought that maybe you would get a secret identity or something really cool, nah. Just really nothing. Just Phantom Ranger getting beat up again. Cool. And also having a really lame Megazord. I mean, right after that, though, we get straight up into TJ's identity crisis. Like I said before in the Best Of episode, and this was Kennedy's best too, TJ is... ...hogged off his fucking gore dude as he's going back to his Red Ranger duties here. Basically, he's just trying to get Andros to be a better Red Ranger, if I'm being honest with you. Because Andros is being kind of a dick this episode. Where, you know, they get attacked by Darkonda... ...and then Darkonda fuses with Ecliptor, and then they get fucking owned. But, like, Andros was, like, refusing to fucking retreat! And just like, bruh! If we don't retreat right now, we're gonna lose! And it takes TJ getting brain damage Temporary brain damage For Andrews to realize the mistakes of his ways But TJ Just like fucking Goes the fuck off this episode Like his acting chops Sell everything The yeah. teamwork, the teamwork exercise The inter-party dynamics Between everyone Him selling the fact that he has Amnesia or at least Temporary amnesia Like, all that's played out really well, especially for a kid's TV show. They could have made it really cringe, but they didn't. And that's solely off the back of TJ's acting, and it really tells a lot.
1: Yeah. TJ really fucking just rocks this season. He acts as, like, a mediator a lot, like, tries to get, like, the Rangers to get along. Takes leadership of a lot of situations where, like, no one's taking charge and, like, decisions have to be made. He helps come up with, like, a few of the Rangers' best ideas. And, like, ultimately, like, in this episode, like, he just shines so much. It's I don't want to talk about it too much because we talked about it so much already, but... God, what a... TJ's Identity Crisis is truly, like, one of the best episodes of Power Rangers we've seen ever.
0: Yeah, and the follow-up episode ain't so bad. I'm not really a fan of Wild West episodes, but Flashes of Darkonda is really cool because we also get some character development on Darkonda, someone who is an extremely smart villain has just an incredible design, mind you, especially for a side villain in a in a television show like this and you can almost kind of see Darkonda as like the final boss like he he gives off final boss energy. Eclipter always gives off like sidekick to the villain energy, but the, you kind of think, like, that man is up to something. He's also been destroyed before this, and he comes back, and you're like, wait, what? Huh? Then again, Ecliptor does that without reason anyways, so. But Ecliptor also can, like, warp from, like, I don't know, scan lines in the air <laughs> out to his ship, so... It's more—it's more easier to think about how he would retreat, but Darka or uh, Darkana straight up will explode and then come back. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Eclipter does seem to be like an entirely synthetic being. Yes, he's really cool. I like him.
0: So cool. Yeah, just it's a so really cool. good design. <laughs> I know it's just like Cyber Vegeta, but it just looks really good. Uh, Cyber
1: Vegeta is a good idea. <laughs>
0: What uh, did you want to say anything about the Wild West episode? Uh, flashes of Darkonda.
1: It's it's I I like Darkonda enough that like he sells it even if it's a goofy concept. Is what I'll say basically. <laughs> like he also has
0: nine lives. Yes, this man's been alive for a very long time, I and mean, he doesn't die very easily because of how powerful he is. So that was that was a yeah. huge uh, that was a huge
1: like major turning point into that character development as well. It was really interesting because, yeah, like, yes, Ecliptor a couple of times kind of comes back in ways that you're like, okay. But mostly, like, there's it's pretty consistent, like, the villains are running away or there's some explanation for how they're getting away. And Dark Honda just gets like exploded and you're like, huh? How is he back? And then, yeah, like you say, he's he he pulls out, he's got this like scroll with like pictures of himself on it that he crosses out. I appreciate loses this. His
0: lives. I appreciate this. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate this. How many times have you watched a television show where like a character thought to be dead just comes back with no explanation or some bullshit mm-hmm. like plot convenience explanation? Yeah. And it's just like no Dark Honda legitimately just has 9 lives like a cat. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I really do I really do enjoy that. I think that that is awesome. If I'm being honest
1: with you. And what's cool, too, is it's not just these guys that are being cool for the villains. Like, we've got Darkonda, Ecliptor, and Astronema as, like, our main villain characters that we're seeing the most of, but uh, it's not like it's just those three that are involved with this season, because we start off with Dark Spectre, you know, kind of bringing the villains together and saying, hey, I know y'all have each been carving out your little chunks of the universe stop it we're all doing this together now under me and you know everyone's like yeah okay it it, it just it, like i said it doesn't even feel like they're like accepting it for the first time but it's more like the mafia don is just like showing up after like being away for years and like the lieutenants have just been doing whatever they want around the city you know yeah and then the don shows up and the don's like hey I'm not super mad about anything that y'all have done, but uh, I'm back and here's how things are. And everyone just has to be like, okay. And like, that's how everyone acts when Dark Specter shows up. So like, that's that's what's going on. And so that means though, that like over and over again, over the course of this season, we're treated to little snippets of Rita and Zed, little snippets of King Mondo. And in particular, Diva Talks gets to shine a few times, which is fun because she was one of the few, like, worthwhile features of turbo and it's like well if you're gonna keep something from turbo sure let's have diva talk show up four or five times you know <laughs> yeah i'm cool with that the rangers
0: mega voyage is an episode that i didn't really like too much this was definitely one of the weaker ones it's one of those like oh uh astronomer through plot convenience and some other stuff is just like some like devised a plan to invade uh Astronema comes up with a plan to basically attack the rangers in such a way where their current megazords wouldn't be enough power to be able to combat her forces. And so they get these new zords on. um, And it's mostly due to Darkonda's manipulation in the background that they're even able to achieve this. So Astronema is kind of like... She's like, yeah, I'll keep Darkonda around. I know like Darkonda and Ecliptor aren't getting along right now, but
1: Darkonda is proving himself pretty useful, so let's just keep him around. See what happens. Basically, like I will say, just to try to like make some sense of this, that, like over and over again this season, there's this theme that they have the astral Megazord, which they can make using the ship. Astral.
0: There we go.
1: But it's but it's only okay, and like other stuff keeps getting destroyed that they need to like make it good like they they never lose the ship but a lot of times they're in this position where it's like they only have the ship and only having the ship isn't really enough
0: yeah we get treated to these new megazords and i'm not a fan uh, they're just a bunch of spaceships and the one guy is like an astronaut the red ranger gets an astronaut megazord and the way they combine like the only fun part is the fact that the the blue spaceship looks like a huge dong when it's getting assembled. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, like, the actual Megazord fights that feature this one aren't very good, and I think they kind of knew that. Yeah. Because a lot of it is just, like, rocket launcher. Let me just bust out the blue spaceship rocket launcher, shoot a rocket, bam, look away.
1: It's done. Yeah. Pretty much the only cool part Of the whole thing, as I recall, was, like, when they were getting the Megazord from the facility itself. Like, that sequence, and that's all Sentai footage, that sequence, some of those sequences were, like, extremely well done. And, like, ignoring what was to come, I do remember just being, like, pogged out about, like, how good these, like, sci-fi, like, them getting into this, like, facility is, like, like mysterious facility and then finding the zords and like climbing into the zords for the first time and like inserting these key cards and shit and like I, I like the red zord in particular like breaks out of these like cables that it's like attached to and stuff i don't know it's just like a cool that sequence was cool and then it's just downhill <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I mean the (laughs) other cool thing is is that this isn't actually called the Megazord. Uh, It's called the Mega Voyager Yeah, so that's cool. I like that. Um,
1: it's a cool name. I like that.
0: Yeah, the Astro Megazord though I think is much cooler. I always thought it it was much cooler when I was a kid. I just like the color blue I'm a big fan of blue. I like the little bit hints of red on it, and it has a sword The pilot through space it's like a Gundam
1: Yeah I'm a little less critical of the Mega Voyager, but I don't think it's that cool. It's it. This, this one, so there are things that aren't perfect about this season. And one of the things that one of the mistakes they make is they have like the season two problem too many swords. Doesn't, no one cares. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like,
0: Like, it kind of makes sense towards the beginning, right? Because. Alpha 5 pilots the Astro Megazord at one point, and then they're able to use the Delta Megazord separately. And, like, yeah, that's, how a, they, yeah. that's how they explain that away. But I will say sometimes they'll start in a Megazord, bring on the other one, and then Alpha 5 just doesn't say anything. So you're kind of just implying that from previous episodes. Yeah. There is a lot of scenes, though, where there's just a lot of them on there, and I have no idea why. Like, wow, you really want to
1: bring all three on screen? Yeah th- there were some a few like zord fights. It's funny cuz like the story elements really kicked ass and some of the action was good, but like if anything let me down the most it was some of the zord fights were weak and like there were definitely these zord fights where it was like, "Oh, they're bringing out another megazord and another megazord and another megazord another meg another okay. Like we didn't need this many we didn't need this many zords." Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and unfortunately we get reintroduced to some of the worst uh, zords, though. Are they zords? Uh, True Blue to the Rescue is Justin's return episode. Uh, we talked about it in the best and worst. Obviously it's the worst. The Justin stuff. It's a close call, though. It is. It's not
1: as... though This isn't the only stinker of the season. We could have picked two worsts this time, but we just kind of agreed that the just the presence of Justin... Just yeah. forced my soul to leave my body.
0: Yeah, Justin's um. <laughs> presence juxtaposed with the rest of the Rangers is really, really bad and awful. You have Justin in his PJs out in the desert with the rest of the Rangers, and they're all suited up and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you should have never done this.
1: Although I will say this is better than some of the ways that it's done in Turbo. At least this had like the vibes of like a Spielberg film or something where Justin was this kid that's just sort of whisked away on this, like, temporary journey to, like, be with the Power Rangers for a night. And, like, out of context, if I didn't know who Justin was, I might actually have been more likely to go with our other worst pick, you know? Like, it's really the context that makes it so completely horrible. It's just like, no, I don't want to see Justin again. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah every time i think to which one is the worst i remember justin like flipping someone in the air with his one hand depowered (sighs) (laughs) next up we have invasion of the body snatcher which has astronoma taking the place of ashley as the Yellow Ranger, and she uh Astronoma has a kaiju that essentially is able to make you appear a certain way. And so this is kind of played up because the Yellow Ranger ends up getting captured, and then she's turned into astronomer through some uh I bet you wouldn't ha <laughs> unless. <laughs> type deal. It, it's pretty good. My this is one of the better Zord fights, if only because the uh, Mega Voyager actually doesn't just like immediately pop out the RPG. He like goes into like an actual sword fight with the kaiju, and it's pretty neat. My favorite part of this episode, Astronema is then turned back to Astronema, and then uh, Yellow Ranger and Astronema need to convince Andros which one is yeah, the Yellow they both, Ranger. They
1: both look like Astronema. Yes, he's
0: like, uh, uh it- what do we, what do we, what, how am I gonna decide? How am I gonna decide? He goes, Ashley, let's rock it. <laughs> and Astronema doesn't know how to do it, but Ashley does. So Ashley's like, yeah. And then he was like, cool, a, I know which one. Is the
1: pose and shit. Yeah, it's, it's fucking amazing, honestly.
0: Yeah. Also, some important character development with Andros and Ashley. Andros gives uh, Ashley a very cool necklace from his home planet as a symbol of love. Yeah. And now we finally get treated to the 6th Ranger arc of the season, which is the Silver Ranger in Survival of the Silver.
1: I just want to say before we move on to Survival of the Silver, although this is like a very common concept that like, you know, many shows have done this type of body switching scenario, it's played really well. The actress that plays astronomer does a great job in particular towards the end. And it it just it just because there's so many elements of this episode that are done well, it it ends up being one of the funniest episodes of this season, which is overall not extremely humorous. Yes. And um, for that, it was like I I couldn't help but appreciate this one because it's like there were a few particularly kind of funny episodes. And I thought this was like the funniest of the ones that like kind of leaned into the comedy.
0: I think when we get into the ranger rankings, I think there's a real debate on which ranger is better between Andros and Ashley, because I've mm. got to give Ashley a lot of credit for this episode. Because mm. she played it off really well having to play another character who is now inhibiting her. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons why Andros is being so distant with everybody is also because he has a dead body that he's hiding from everyone in the spaceship. <laughs> And it turns Kinda. out it's the Silver Ranger. So basically, the Silver <laughs> Ranger is in a near-death state. And so he's on ice, right? Like, he's yeah, iced so up it, in a cryogenic chamber.
1: Andros didn't always just work alone. He used to have a, a somebody else that he worked with. His best friend, who is on ice, nearly dead. This is another, like, common sci-fi theme, but I always love it. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely
0: recognize the theme, but uh, I appreciate the Power Rangers spin on it because it adds to the mm-hmm. whole team dynamics. Because the only reason why this even becomes a thing is because the ship gets attacked and yeah. it opens up a door inside of the spaceship that reveals the Silver rangers. So they're like, uh, Andros? Mind explaining what's going on here, buddy, before we eject you and vote you out for being sus? <laughs>
1: Red is sus. Red is sus. <laughs> let's just talk about, let's just, rather than just like talk about episodes for a minute, let's just talk about Zayn. Just as a whole. <laughs> he's okay. He's not that bad. But he's not that good either. And what's funny is that he ends up Being at his best when they just sort of relegate him to just showing up occasionally towards the end of the season to, like, fight. You're gonna hate me. Trey of Triforia is better. No.
2: No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Zane is such a boy. I don't like it. It's like, how can you be chosen by the power when you are such an asshole?
1: He's a boy, but he kind of owns it in a way. And like, there's just something that's like he's kind of funny, and like he, it's it's like after you watch enough of st- this stuff with Zane, it's like ah, hey, you're you're a you're a little bit of a lovable scamp, even if you are definitely a scamp, and like you forgive him uh, for like some things. That- <laughs> but like i can't i could never be like oh he's great i love he's Zane.
0: toxic, he's Stop really it. toxic
1: some... there's <laughs> one episode in particular i know what you're talking about he's so toxic outside of that one episode though he's basically he doesn't even have that much like screen time but that's the problem is outside of that one episode he doesn't have that much screen time
0: he ends um, up becoming used as plot convenience And I think that's when he serves up his best stuff. But it's also, like, highly... I don't know. It's highly skeptical on, like, that he would be able to meaningful... I don't know. Like, the the morphing grid is all out of whack this season. It's, like, supremely overpowered, so it makes the idea of certain things, like, when you really think about it, completely out of whack. Like, the fact that the Silver Ranger ends up, at the end of this his whole arc, he ends up living on a different planet, but then he just fucking... Like shows up on Earth or whatever fucking planet they need whenever they're getting fucked. And like
1: I say, he's he's better at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I don't um, know. I, I Trey of Triforia has more like is less of a fuck boy and has more feats under his belt. IMO. Barely. Barely. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: this is really the hill we're gonna die on. Uh, (laughs) I mean Um, survival of the silver Is basically bringing back Zane back into the picture back into the fold As he is resurrected From his near death state And helps the rangers with his Mega winger (laughs) Mega wiener And it's basically over the course Of like maybe Five Five or six episodes that this arc plays out Of Zane Between Red with Envy, The Silver Secret, A Date with Danger, Zane's Destiny. All of that stuff is in relation to Zane, And uh, I like his trajectory of his arc. But the problem is, is like the follow-up episodes of Survival of the Silver after you're like, oh, he's kind of cool. And I think what the problem is, too, is that like he's like a C in the face. Like Andros is like a B. Like I'm not going to say Andros is extremely attractive. I think Andros is like a B in the face. (laughs) maybe an A sometimes <laughs> but like Zayn is like Zayn is like a C and at his worst he's like a D that man looks like a young Boris Johnson <laughs> who exercised
1: no. no don't be so cruel um,
0: <laughs> he has the
1: British teeth it's so bad <laughs> I I can't get on board with this um <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, the problem, the real problem is that, yeah, right after you get introduced to him, Zane immediately acts like a huge dick.
0: I also don't think his suit looks as cool as the rest of the Rangers.
1: The suit is cool. It's- You're wrong. Ah, uh,
0: nah. Nah. He's I think so it, wrong. I think if it was, it honestly could have just been the silver color with like maybe the gold head trimmings. But give me give me back the color in the stripe. I would have taken the chromatic colors on the stripe than the all black.
1: Nah, nah, it's aesthetic as fuck.
0: It needed (laughs) if that was the case, then that needed to be silver and not black. I think the black contrast makes it look bad. No. Yes. No. Ah, whatever. It also has like a bit of like a. Digital grid green over the blackness. Am I right
1: in the middle of the suit? Hmm. Am I wrong there does seem to be some kind of like texture on that I didn't notice this before I'm now looking very closely at like close-up. Yeah of the suit. Yeah, there's like a fucking
0: <laughs> Motherboard-ass green on there. It's not as good as you think it looks <laughs> Still it is an interesting it's design. I'll give you, you that Sure, sure. I do like Zane's overall arc of like trying to figure out why he can't hold his powers for over two and a half minutes. You know, for two and a half minutes, he's the Silver Ranger. After that, he's just a normal dude. Two pump chump. Astronoma calls him out on it too. Uh, And basically, like, Astronoma ends up falling in love with the Silver Ranger. At one point, but she has conflicted feelings. And then, and like, Ecliptor keeps selling, keeps sending monsters without Astronomer's permission. Meanwhile, Astronomer's trying to, like, get laid.
1: It's a really interesting episode. Um, There's a and, lot of, like,
0: uh, illusions here, but it, this is all, this is all, this is like the Zane Redemption arc. Red with envy is the most egregious Silver Ranger episode it's ever. Ter-
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute that. It's terrible. Like it's, it's like, this is not how you inspire confidence in a sixth Ranger.
0: Yeah, like we get introduced to the whole fact that Zane can only keep his powers for two and a half minutes, and the whole backstory of like the fight that happened, that he almost got killed, and Andros literally like. Fucking saved his life. He was gonna fucking die in battle against the monsters in, uh, during that invasion. And how does Anjos repay him? Oh, I don't know. This is even discounting a later episode, mind you, that he's also an asshole in. But mm. I digress. Uh, Red with Envy, the two overarching plots in that episode are Zane can't hold it, can't be the Silver Rager for more than two and a half minutes. And He's also flirting with Ashley and Andros is getting jealous and Andros is like, the fuck dude, I helped bring you back to life and this is how you repay me? And Zayn is all like, bro Dude, I totally know you guys are a thing I'm not flirting with her Trust me Why would I ever do such a thing? I'm your best friend Fuck off, dude Fuck off! You give Cassie a handshake, and then you kiss Ashley's hand?
1: Fuck off! Also, why no love for Cassie? Come on.
0: Yeah, that too! Cassie's (laughs) in love with the Phantom Ranger, though. Remember?
1: God, I forgot about that stupid...
0: That was a part of the Delta Discovery! I forgot about that too! I forgot about that! (laughs) Yes! Cassie's whole thing is uh, being in love with the Phantom Ranger, despite not knowing what he looks like. It's bad. <laughs> That's Cassie's love interest, though. No. Maybe someday. No. Maybe someday. In the Silver Secret, uh, he's trying to figure out how to like fully get his powers back, and he lets Alpha 5 know. But the rest of them think he's dying. And he capitalizes on this. Yeah... This one's
1: also really, really, like, these first... He's like, yeah, I want to be babied. And then the funny thing is, too, is, like, he turns into this, like, reliable ally, so it's just weird. Like, it's just weird. Like, it would have been better if they had, like, actually run with the idea that, like, Zane is a bit of a dick and maybe, like, done something with that. But instead, they're just like, Zane's a bit of a dick, and that's fine, he's our best friend. Yeah, we can all be There's a bit of a dick wrong sometimes. With that. Like yeah. you can't uh I don't even I just can't even I'm just frustrated because it's like they I told you he's worse than Trey of Triforia. It.
0: I told you he was he's worse than I I will
1: not go there. I will not go there with you. Tray of Triforia is at least a B, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Trey is whack. His whole concept is stupid and he's just like always whining and like needing shit and never cool ever. <laughs> See, um, in
0: comparison though, like, Zane is just an asshole. Like, like, being reintegrated with the Rangers only to act like a misogynistic asshole and swear to your best friend that you're not flirting with his girl. Meanwhile, you are flirting with his girl. But uh, it's it's free game because you know she hasn't committed, which cool. But don't lie to don't lie to your best friend and say that you're not flirting with her. You're just gaslighting him. Yeah, it's a huge gaslight. Yeah. And then the silver secret, he even extends the fact that he's oh so God. powerful as a sixth ranger to like be like, yeah, fucking baby me, because you know if you don't baby me, you lose a sixth ranger, because I'll fucking die.
1: It's bad, I agree A date with danger and Zane's destiny Helped to redeem him a little bit It's not enough Well he got a girlfriend, right? He suddenly became a compassionate man
0: By getting a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know Some people can't learn empathy Until they're exposed to other people Understandable Right (laughs) (laughs) what i'm saying is that zane is a he's a neocon yes like like andros is like bottom right libertarian zane is more like center to slightly upper right neocon when he's unfrozen and he kind of shifts from there to bottom right libertarian
0: (laughs) does he shift to bottom right no 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 i think he shifts to he shifts to center left on the the political axis i guess because well we'll explain in a bit but yeah i do agree he was definitely like one of those guys that rolls up to walmart with the reagan bush 84 t that he bought for ironic purposes
1: yeah, voted voted for Trump the first time, but not the second. Yeah, right. One of those like handful of people that actually did that, like that's sane. He's like, I thought Trump was gonna be a different guy. I don't, I'm not. I'm not actually with this much racism. Just a little. <laughs> Just a Just little. A little. I wanted a little racism and a lot of corporate corporations making money. Instead, what I got was a lot of racism and a little of corporations making money. That's out of balance. I'm out. That's Zane. That's Zane's take on Trump.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't disagree.
1: He's one of he's one of those guys, at least when he shows up.
0: The young the young Republican voting for Joe Biden.
1: (laughs) Uh... I wish he didn't say it because it's so very true. He honestly,
0: even his design is very Richard Spencer dream.
2: (laughs) He's literally, he's literally a a blonde
0: haired,
1: blue eyed guy. Is he blue eyed? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm not going to check either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going that far.
0: (laughs) Astronomers trying to capitalize on Zane being out on a distant planet, basically having some vacation time. And, uh astronomer ends up falling in love with zane and uh is trying to invite him out to dates but zane keeps showing up late because ecliptor keeps putting the pressure on the rangers with more monsters and they keep
1: needing zane's help and And he's like "Ah, like, just trying
0: to fuck come
1: on that zane seems to be actively trying to prove that he is good to the rangers at this point like he's like the Rangers almost act like they they no longer feel like they can count on him after this like arrival, and he's like, "No, no, you can't. I'm sorry. You can count on me. I'm sorry. I've I've really been a dick, and I'm sorry." And he's like really trying to like sell that, you know. And it's like that combination of forces when he's you put a, it in that he's the cool
0: uncle stereotype. When you cool put it in uncle that redemption context, Art.
1: it kind of makes the dickishness actually it does make it work well because it's like there wouldn't be as much pressure for him to be as absolutely accountable to the Rangers in this episode. If he hadn't just been a little shit for two episodes and he knows that (laughs) he's like, he's like the dude that knows that he's about to be fired, you know? And so it's like, there's this real great tension in the episode where he's like, I really want to fuck astronomer. And you know, who wouldn't, in my opinion, (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and 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 uh, he's also like, "I also really want to prove that I am like a capable, good teammate and friend. And like that like i'm I'm better than just this bullshit that I've been pulling every putting everyone through the last few days.
0: I think a date with danger also features astronomer in regular clothes, and it's actually a glow down. To glow down big time, yeah. Yeah, Astronoma looks way better dressed up like like her regular outfit look instead of normal human clothes. Um, but hey, that's what Zane's into. Um, honestly, though, like Astronoma, it was kind of like they were gonna have a very romantic picnic.
1: She yeah. She laid. She decked it out, and it was like they're just out there alone. Anything could happen. <laughs> Also, also, she glowed down to go deliver the invitation to the date, but you'll note when she went on the date, she was astronomer. She wasn't, she wasn't playing that, that I'm um, a cute little earth white girl. Yeah. Shit. Like yeah, she nah. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Like she, it wasn't going to happen. She, she was in that, like, you know. You're either into like, me or you're not. Yeah. And like uh, Zane blew it. And honestly, honestly, I was
0: into it. She had the blonde wig on. She was looking smoking. Yeah. She was great. Uh,
1: very good, very good vibe.
0: <laughs> I also like, I also, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to the Power Rangers acting, but I also like her playing up the whole I'm becoming good. I think up to this point, Astronomer has experienced being a regular human being in Ashley and experiencing compassion from there. So that was mm-hmm. already producing doubts about being evil. And the fact that she's now in love with Zane and experiencing that good emotion is the reason why it's like pretty awesome to see that play out here, especially acted pretty competently.
1: Yeah, she really sells it. Um she really sells the internal struggle of being convinced that, you know, this evil shit is what she's supposed to be doing and like having that be what she's been sold on her whole life. And furthermore, like she even convincingly like sells the idea that she doesn't necessarily look towards Ecliptor and Darkonda as parents, but she does look towards Ecliptor in particular as sort of like a trusted mentor. Um, in the same way that like someone like who's like adopted you know might like especially later in life might like learn to like trust that person but never call them a parent per se or something like that it's like there's like a weird vibe there where it's like it's like she kind of treats Eclipter almost like a parent at times but then not quite yes but but he is like a mentor and a trusted confidant and a lot of things and it's like it's like a really interesting dynamic between the two of them because it's like She almost wants to, like, be family with him. But she also wants to kind of be family with Andros, And, like, there's just all these dynamics. And it's, like, she's conflicted about all of it. And she just sells that really, really well. Where it's, like I say, it's, like, it's just this very compelling portrayal of, what do I choose? Who am I? And, like, if she didn't sell it really well, it would be dumb. But she totally nails it with the performances.
0: yeah. Yeah. Zane's destiny gets Zane back onto his home planet with the last fringes of humanity. And this also introduces Andros's backstory a bit more, too, in Zane's destiny. And Zane ends up becoming a protector of the last fringes of humanity on that planet. As a yeah. sort of like, hey, I am here. I am, I am going to live here. I am at your beck and call. And I'm here to make sure that humanity continues. That's what I'm saying. He's kind of like center left now. As in, like, far left, but to, like, in directly in the middle. Because I don't think he's necessarily authoritarian left, but I also don't necessarily think he's libertarian left either. Yeah. Kind of this weird yeah. mishmash of the two. And then he yeah. comes back as, like, that defender role multiple times throughout the season as well. But this is kind of like Zane's like, this is the bow, right, on the gift for him. So I think I think that wrapping up Zane's arc here, or at least his major plot arc... I think uh, I think it was done well. Uh, it just unfortunately, like it took a lot of external variables for Zane to realize how much of a shithead he was. Meanwhile, he's here being the sixth Ranger who's supposed to be kind of sort of this like pinnacle of stuff. I feel yeah. like this is a new concept, right? Of like the sixth Ranger being not outwardly necessarily the best person in the world.:
1: Yeah, not being like this perfect Adonis. That just, like, shows up and starts saving everybody.
0: And instead Um, adds to the lore of there just is other rangers out there who are protectors of good that don't necessarily always have, like, lawful good D&D-style
1: trappings, right? Right. And I think that actually, you know, the more we talk about it, I'm actually becoming more of a zane defender all the time. Because... When we first meet Andros, he's a little bit of a dick too. And he's had time to get out of his dickishness that Zane hasn't. Zane's been frozen in like, you know, stasis waiting to be healed. But um, we
0: already had that Sixth Ranger X plot line in Andros.
1: Yeah, but I think it was still like I think I think that it gives context to where why Andros more of why Andros was the way he was before or something like that. If that kind of makes sense because it's like you kind of get this impression that like life on Ko thirty five wasn't that good for them, and that like they became Power Rangers, but that like they were desperate and bitter Rangers. Maybe
0: um, imperialism is what was getting to them because that's what it seemed like, right? Because dark forces have seemed to
1: have already count, conquered that galaxy for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it seems like they they grew up in a pretty dystopic environment because of the dark forces already having a strong control over that part of the galaxy something that the people on earth don't understand and so andros has already been around the earth rangers for like months by the time that zane appears and has kind of gotten used to being a little more empathetic to like talking about his feelings more and like it's like i i you kind of think at first that these are just features of andros's character but i actually think that like there's a there's a case to be made that like probably a lot of people on ko35 are kind of like this because we see a lot of suspicious kind of toxic nature in the characters that we see in this episode that are just like random people in ko35 a lot of it it seems like to me in in a in a a way like that leader that they have is almost like he seems like he's almost like a a a philosophical leader like i'm probably going to butcher this name but like abdullah asalan Um, The guy who wrote the books that inspired the Rojava or something, you know, where it's like, he's like inspiring people that like have like latent goodness in them to like pursue a more enlightened culture. But like a lot of the natural instincts of these people that he's trying to organize maybe aren't that good because they come from like a very dystopic capitalist background. This is deep theorizing, but like KO35 seems bad, (laughs) y'all. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's very well possible. I don't know. I think even with that sort of context, that's really just one episode, right? That's really just the strength of Zane's destiny. And I don't even think Zane's destiny is that great of an episode representative of Zane.
1: Right. I was going to say, I think it's a great episode. I don't think it necessarily represents Zane spectacularly or makes him like the hero That's what I'm thinking, like,
0: I don't, what, what do we think is, like, are we talking about, like, what's a good Power Ranger versus what's a good character now, right? And I think, like, even, even Zane as a character, him being an asshole goes on for too long.
1: Yes, it should have been one episode. It's too much of a distraction. There should have been, like, one episode where, like, Zane isn't adjusting to, like, returning to being alive after years of being in stasis. Like, he's used to him and Andros kind of being dicks in the past, and Andros is like, no, actually, I've been hanging out with these Earth Rangers and trying to be a better person, you know? Like, do one episode like that.
0: Yeah, that that that's the whole thing. I think if, like, if you somehow were able to cut, like, do an overarching plot of both, even if it was, like, a two-parter, a a good two-parter, I would say, instead of what we got, where yeah. like you had that sort of plot line that you were talking about and also figuring out Zane's uh Zane's whole like timer issue of yeah. him not being able to last that long. Combine those two plots together over those episodes, and I think we would have had a much better tight arc. Because it's it's too distracting. It's too distracting of the main plot and what's actually going on just for like it to be a lot of nothing.
1: Yeah, Red with Envy in particular. Like, I would almost say, like, we should just cut it from the watch guide, and it would make it a better experience. Because this is such a frustrating episode that doesn't add that much. Whereas, if like Zane is just being a dick in the Silver Secret, and then is redeeming himself over the next couple of episodes, it would be so much less offensive.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can. We can. We can definitely deliberate that. We'll deliberate on that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, next up, we've got "Always a Chance." Always a Chance yeah. is a fantastic episode. This was Kennedy's second best, and this was my third best.
1: Yeah, I, this is um, this is a really special episode. Honestly, I you uh, you know all y'all who listen to the show, you know by now that like I get really into like the episodes with compelling themes and lessons that someone could like learn from or benefit from especially like a young person and things like that and i also just i love the fan service i love so many things we don't have to go too into it because we already talked about it a ton in the best of but just uh bringing back adam to be carlos's mentor i'll just restate this because this was the my my biggest takeaway for sure was just i loved adam was a very troubled ranger in his tenure and played that well and I loved Adam kind of like he kind of had the impress like the the episode kind of had the vibes of like Carlos is kind of like in the shit in some fashion that like Adam has been through. and Adam's like, "Yeah, I know that shit that you're in, and i'm I just want to help, you know? That's just like a good vibe that's just like a really positive thing to see. It's like Adam has grown. He's learned some things. He's has he has some regrets, and he's learning from the regrets.
0: This is Adam's best episode since like ever. The Scorpina date episode. <laughs> Where was this Adam in in Turbo? Where was this Adam in Zio? I don't think he was excited to be in Turbo. <laughs> well, no one was, right? They were like forced to do twenty more
1: episodes, but Adam in, in particular does Zio- seem kind of like just checked out in turbo and i don't blame him but it was yeah it would have been nice to see a little more of this and that's both on the actor and the writers of course because it's not just his fault but yeah
0: it's very telling of adam's overall performance as a ranger but i just that that's like to me like that part i wasn't as pogged out about as as much as the fact that he was able to get back into the, the mighty morphin black suit that was really yeah that was fun Yeah, that was Um, really fun. Uh, Carlos taking it seriously, the fact that he, like, almost killed his friend. All that stuff. Like, really dark subject matter. Good stuff. Good fan service. Good fights. Only in 20 minutes. You gotta appreciate it. You really do. You really do. It's really good shit. This is a solo episode, by the way. Like typically this is something like you would see in like a two-parter or something, but they, they do a great job
1: encapsulating it in 20 minutes. No, yeah, it's a really tight episode. They don't waste any time with like unnecessary shit. It's just all it's just all to the the core of the story and it, it really shines. Such a good episode. Essentially, this is like kind of a two-parter, the secret of the locket at Astronoma Thinks Twice.
0: Actually, I would say – I even go so far as to say the secret of the locket, Astronema thinks twice, the Ranger's Leap of Faith going into yeah. Dark Spectre's revenge is all this overarching plot of Astronema becoming
1: good. Astronema and, is defecting.
0: And Darkonda, Ecliptor, and Dark Spectre are not having it. And so yeah. like they investigate the secret of the locket, which Andros is revealed to have one half of a locket. And Astronema has another locket, and it's basically pictures of each other. It's to remind themselves of, like, who they are and stuff, but Astronema has no idea who the person is.
1: Yeah. Well, and realistically, Andros had very little idea before he's starting to piece it together here, you know? Like, they both just have these childhood pictures of each other from when they were separated as children, and that's all they've got. And so, you know, when they see each other on the battlefield... They basically have no idea, although there are a couple times where they're like, is that person familiar somehow? Or like kind of give these little hints Yeah. um, before this. So it's like it's definitely not like it comes out of nowhere in it by any means. This is well built up to. And yeah, so Astronema freaks. This is something also I love this because they've done this before. Astronema has almost lost the locket a couple of times and freaked out every time so far. And this has happened in like two or three episodes before this, I think. It's like definitely happened a few times. And so this time it finally happens that the locket like gets completely away from her and she super freaks, but she has to leave. She can't stay and find it. And the rangers end up finding it. And that's how Andros realizes, holy shit, this is Corone. This is my sister, Corone. Can't believe she made a virus. <laughs> no, don't do it. so andros is like i have to try to get through to her i have to try to reach her and and the rangers are not all convinced that this is a good idea and i i like that you know i like that the rangers are divided on on how to handle this particular issue a lot because it is like well what 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 are you saying we're supposed to just like take the villain and bring her on to our team you know right yeah astronoma <laughs> is trying like astronomer is trying at
0: this point now that she's turning good and she's like discovering who she is as coron and all this other stuff she's like man i really got to start a beer company now
1: stop it <laughs> astronoma is, like, really having doubts about whether or not she can t- continue to be evil. She, like, agrees to meet up with Andrus to, like, talk about it. and But then, like, the, she can't really, like, believe everything that he's saying. It just, like, doesn't get fully resolved right away. But it's, like, by the end of Astronoma Thinks Twice, like, it's clear that her mind is kind of heading towards defecting towards the side of good. And then the ranger's leap of faith is, okay, the Power Rangers have to, in turn, accept that, which is, like, a big deal. And astronomer, like, has to do some things to try to prove her loyalty, and she does. She ends up, in fact, saving the ranger's lives before the episode is over, at which point they basically make her an honorary 6th ranger and, like, give her a, 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 an in-space flight suit and shit. It's pretty dope. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Those flight suits are Dark- so cool. You can't help but enjoy another person getting one.
0: Yeah, Darkonda and Ecliptor think that Astronoma are being kidnapped by the Rangers and try to rescue her by sending out like some traps for the Rangers. They all go, and then Astronoma basically reveals, hey, like, I actually want to be a good guy, and like leaves yeah. back with the, the Rangers after destroying Darkonda one more time. And so, we get it to Dark Specter's Revenge, part one. Dark Specter's Revenge, part one is, okay, what if Armageddon but <laughs> Power Rangers <laughs> in 20 minutes?
1: And it's not bad. It's really good. I'd rather watch this than watch Armageddon. It's not perfect. There's some dorky things about it and a few parts that are just plain confusing, but overall, a really good episode. They do resolve the asteroid thing almost immediately at the beginning of part two in this kind of just jerky way, though, which is an unfortunate disservice. Yeah.
0: Astrona gets abducted again by Darkonda and Ecliptor and instead is now served
1: this like Google Glass. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Well, let me take a step back because, first of all, um, cybernetic attachment. There we go. This, this happened to Ecliptor before. So. This is like an established thing already. You can be given a cybernetic implant that makes you more evil because this happens to Ecliptor when he kind of steps out of line. because He
0: gets to the Dark Specter cybernetic implant and it
1: increases his evil output. Yeah. Astronema goes back to the Dark Fortress because she's trying to divert the asteroid. And so, like, she's like, well, let me just sneak back on and as long as, like, Certain people don't see me. It's so close enough to like when we just ran into Dark Spectre that like word won't be everywhere yet. And I can go there as astronomer and like do this really quick and then get out. But it doesn't work out. And so then she gets implanted with evil. This character change is overall good. However, the sad thing about this is, is that if there's no more wig changes. There's just the red, red wig after this. Less extravagant makeup. It's just less fun. <laughs> it looks really bad, actually. I don't like yeah. her red wig at all. <clears throat> no, the, re- the The character is fine in terms of, like, the character development and the personality, but the look The look is a major glow down. And this was Dark Spectre asserting his dominance over Astronema. He's <clears throat> like, no more free will for you if you're just going to defect. Also, this is, like, in effect, Dark Spectre kind of de facto asserting his dominance over everyone. Yes. Because he's, he's, he's basically setting up a power structure that looks like this. Dark Spectre on top. astronomer right beneath him, and she is unwaveringly loyal because she has an evil machine implanted in her head. And then everyone else beneath that. So like King Mondo, Divatox, Rita and Zed, they're all beneath that. That's basically like the power structure that Dark Spectre is setting up. And so he's making it clear that like where where the where the power is going to be. And this is interesting because this does contribute to like some of the the issues that we run into at the end especially here. Yeah. Which we're rapidly approaching, thank goodness. There's so many episodes to talk about. This is why we said this could go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> i I i'm i'm fine to skip over a couple of these episodes for the most part but we can't skip over this next one after dark specter's revenge which is rangers gone psycho what Uh, but we can kind of gloss over some of what comes after because this kind of starts off an arc it's a good arc though it's a really good i want to be clear it's a real we're glossing for time it's a really good arc (laughs) yes Um,
0: (laughs) The Psycho Rangers arc in in Space is really good. So basically, Dark Spectre was like, okay, I am now going to divide my power. I'm going to enter low power mode on my iPhone. <laughs> the rest of my power is going to get divided into an evil Power Rangers team that is bent on destroying the Power Rangers. And then they are at your command for Astronoma. Now that Astronoma has the cybernetic implant.
1: Every second that these psycho rangers exist is like draining dark specter and it's like the kind of thing where like dark specter has like an evil mana pool of like 900 million evil mana points or whatever and so at first he's like oh it only costs five mana points uh an hour to have these these rangers out how could i ever run out you know Mm -hmm. but then it's like Weeks are passing, and also there's these times where the power usage goes way up. And suddenly he's like, uh-oh, this is actually not good for me. <laughs> um, because it turns out, this is a truly interesting twist. They've made astronomers so evil that now she's plotting against Dark Spectre himself. Like, just a hundred... She always was a little bit like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll scheme here and there for myself. Had that vibe before. But now she's just like 100% plotting against Dark Spectre. Period. Full stop. Like, she wants to be the ultimate evil in the universe. Not be Dark Spectre and then her. Just astronomer. They made her too evil. Please stop praying for astronomer. She's too strong.
0: <laughs> hmm <laughs> Um, and now the Rangers are dealing with these Psycho Rangers as they kidnap Zane. And uh, they go off to deal with the regular Rangers. And it seems like these Psycho Rangers are just supremely powerful. Like, they've shown off the fact that they have super speed. They can do beams from their hands at will. Like, they even do, like, a fucking a Green Lightning Hadouken. It's wild. Absolutely owning the Rangers as Zane...
1: Uh, is trapped in a in like a warehouse. And it's really interesting because definitely like a big theme of this season is that it's the fact that the Power Rangers work together as a team that saves them and it's like the fact that they believe in each other and things like that that saves them. And what lets the villains down is the fact that they're all backstabbing. And like, like the villains would just clearly be overpowered this season otherwise by comparison to the power ranger or the power levels of the rangers which are just okay they're not that like it's not like they're way more powerful than turbo they have a spaceship now so they can go to space but like that's about it only through
0: extreme emotions could they be extremely powerful as discussed. yeah yeah but they can't just go super saiyan at will
1: No, so there's a few shining moments, but the power level of the rangers doesn't go way up this season, but the power level of the villains is through the ceiling. And so, like, I I really enjoy that, like, a theme of this season is that, like, because this is actually, this is a very, this is a very socialist theme. (laughs) 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 A theme of this season is that evil might be more powerful, but because it, is evil it relies on this world of backstabbing and no trust and everyone screwing each other over whereas the power rangers their world is good and like that allows them to keep winning in in spite of these situations because the psycho rangers would just beat their asses otherwise yes like if the psycho rangers were just allowed to just go ham and do whatever they wanted to kill the rangers, and the rangers had no time to, like, figure anything out, and the the enemies weren't, like, conniving amongst themselves, the Psycho Rangers would just have won. Yep. They're so strong. Yep. They're so strong. Yep.
0: And it shows, because in A Rift in the Rangers and Five of a Kind, like, they're pretty much like, hey we can easily kill off some of these rangers, especially if we all just gang up on one of them alone. And they do like a divide and conquer strat, but little did they know that the rest of the team wants to play divide and conquer on each other. Yeah. (laughs) In terms of like getting what they want, because they're all greedy. They all want to get their own ranger first. So Psycho Yellow's like, I want to get Psycho Yellow now. And Psycho Pink's like, I want to get Psycho Pink now. And it goes on and on with the rest of them. Uh, same thing with Psycho Blue. I was very the- surprised that none of the Psycho Ranger episodes were really up for consideration for best episodes because it's not like they're bad per se, or they're not even mediocre. They're like above average episodes. I just don't think that
1: they like go beyond. I, I, think, I think the problem is they really work best as an arc. It's a really good arc. Yes. Um, yes. Um, Astronoma's plotting during this arc is excellent. She's doing everything she can to kneecap the actual ability of the Psycho Rangers to get things done. But at the same time, she wants to make sure she also uses them effectively to weaken the Rangers in the process. Her number one goal is to like weaken Dark Spectre, but her number two goal is to make sure that the Power Rangers also take a heavy beating in the process. She like balances those goals well, and there's like a lot of just really good scenes of like, the psycho rangers questioning her and her shutting that down dark specter questioning her her blowing that off like just like her managing all of these different tense forces it's 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 a lot of really good plotting the 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 rangers also they have to like start getting really creative and clever to figure out how to like get a leg up on the psycho rangers the psycho rangers are like consistently like just really good in combat and like fucking them up and when i say fucking them up the the first appearance of the psycho rangers is like one of the most violent episodes of the power rangers that we've ever seen like they're just beating their asses and shit it's crazy um and like it just keeps going from there
0: i really did yeah. enjoy their introduction i think that this is the last good arc of the season
1: last great arc for sure 100 percent. yes yes
0: I think, in um, fact, the show kind of falters because
1: there's, like, a two-episode gap. There's, like, a small gap between the Psycho Rangers and the end, and least really yeah, you have been there. There's this small gap
0: between episode 39 and 42, which is, like, the psycho end of the Psycho Rangers arc, and then the finale, the two-part finale, that actually makes the season worse. Like it does, not worse, but it, it makes the season, like, not as good, like, end off on a good note, per se, because the Psycho Rangers are fucking pogged, right? Like, you even have, like, choice moments of, like, Zane dressing up as Psycho Silver, and you're like, what the fuck? What that, the okay, fuck? Okay, the
1: Psycho Silver ruse is amazing on every level. I loved that. If you ever want to give credit to Zane for anything in this season, it should be that episode for sure. That's his best episode. (laughs) Like, and it's, 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 it's another one that actually, as much as this like is kind of annoying, it does work with the idea that Zane can be a bit of a dick because he's able to come in and sell to these evil people the idea that he's one of them, you know, yeah, no,
0: that was, that was actually an amazing <laughs> moment.
1: And even the uh, fact that when we thought that we were done with the Psycho Rangers,
0: they came back as like other real ghosts, like mm-hmm. residual energies, and they were able to reform again and take on the Rangers again all at once. Yeah, And this time that they were united in their goal in defeating the Rangers versus being divided. So that I, was really this cool. Is,
1: this is why I mentioned earlier the factor of time. Because again, if the Psycho Rangers had just gone ham from the start, it would have been over.
0: Oh yeah, but, no. by,
1: but now it the took Rangers all of them had to had, beat just one at a time, right? But by now, the Rangers had had all this time; they'd learned so much about the Psycho Rangers. They gotten a few power ups, and so it was like they—they they were actually capable of of facing off against them now. And it was like a bit of a tough fight, but they did it, you know. And like, and it makes sense, like I said, because it's like. Over time they learned to outsmart the Psycho Rangers repeatedly, even though the Psycho Rangers literally like read their thoughts and like just like absorbed their battle strategies into their minds. So the Power Rangers realized they had to like start sh- shaking things up just, just to have a chance. I mean, it's really a good arc. Yeah. But again, it's a good arc. It's not there's not a single episode that I would be like, watch just this you know yeah. like that it would be weird and so the arc effectively ends with ghosts in the machine where again the psycho rangers come back for one last hurrah but they can't they can't pull it off then there's the little gap which is the impenetrable web and a line in the sand these are both mediocre and a line in the sand especially so basically the impenetrable web is uh
0: Ecliptor doing damage to the to the ship? He's able to invade the astro ship and essentially try and do damage on it. The Rangers are on a desert planet that was a trap that was Wait, laid didn't That
1: what happens in the next episode. No, that was an impenetrable web. So, an impenetrable there's also web, a desert, there's also a desert trap in the I next know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We're gonna get to it, we're gonna get to it. <laughs> I know, I'm just being shitty because, like, they use the same fucking gimmick.
0: Yes, they do, actually. Both times. So, yeah, so an Impenetrable Web, the rangers get captured, get put into a desert. Ecliptor does damage to the machine. Rangers end up getting out of there thanks to Zane and the Red Ranger Battleizer, which I know we haven't talked about, but the Battleizer is an American exclusive. And you can tell because the Red Ranger looks like a fucking action figure.
1: Yeah, for some reason, whenever the Americans design a new Power Ranger, they're like, muscles on the suit! Muscles on the suit! I don't know what that's about. It's bad. It could have been almost cool, too. Like, I kind of like the wingy things in the back. Yeah,
0: but the wingy... I like the wingy
1: designed,
0: but I don't like the fact that there's the added-on muscles combined with the fact that all that the wings things do is shoot four missiles. (laughs) Yeah. It's very
1: American and dumb.
0: Yeah, it basically serves as a strength booster—that uh, a time-limited strength boost—that gives him aerial support <laughs> and uh, missiles. Cool. Thanks,
1: Yay, gadgets.
0: Thanks, thanks, Americans. Thank you. And then Ecliptor ends up fusing with Decca. He goes through Decca's computer systems and winds up with this like weird power that's only present in this episode specifically. <laughs> It looks cool, but I was getting lost in the sauce here. I was like, what the fuck? How did he get this power? Why does he have the power of three elements on him? You know, it's just not... I don't understand it at all. There's just too much about this episode that goes a bit unexplained. And the whole concept of, like, the Red Ranger getting into a battleizer to then fly into space and Shoot four Predator missiles at a web that's really hard to get at. Like, like, put it to you this way. The four Predator missiles that are on that Battleizer are stronger than the laser beams coming out of an entire spaceship. No. And I guess the reason why this is the case is because the Red Ranger is so strong from the Battleizer that he's then able to grab the web that astronomer put over the, uh, the the spaceship that the spaceship couldn't oh, break through. Oh God! He grabs the web back,
1: pulls um, on it, tugs
0: on it like it's rubber, and then uses the battleizer predator
1: missiles to like do some damage to it. And if you thought that episode sounded stupid, a line in the sand is next, and I'm not going to spend too long on this because this episode is already running hell long. But I just want to say this was this was the runner up for worst.
0: Yes, it's not like it's not like In space had like zero bad episodes like the Justin one is very egregious Especially juxtaposed with the in space stuff a line in the set is literally like a Humvee riding around kidnapping the rangers one by one sometimes two by two transports them onto a desert planet to try and kill them and then when the rangers like counteract against it the Monster turns into a mecha Godzilla kaiju. The Humvee kaiju ends up blasting off into the sky. to suicide dive bomb, the... the yeah. The,
1: the Mega Voyager. And the Mega Voyager is destroyed, oh no.
0: Yep. Um, but they still have the Astro Megazord, they just don't have the Mega Voyager. Yes. Delta Megazord was destroyed, I believe, in Impenetrable Web by the yeah. Ecliptor. And then now... The Mega Voyager is destroyed in a line in the sand. But, like, a line in the sand, like, nothing happens. It's Says, literally all of the Rangers running away from a Humvee getting captured. It's like, how did this pass?
1: Yeah, it's really bad. Um, And, it, it, like, the worst part is it, the first few minutes of the episode are kind of promising. Like, it starts off with this kind of tense intro where, like... Andros and Ashley are just trying to like hang out on Earth and have a date. And then this car almost runs them over. And like, it's like a good, it's like a well shot scene and stuff too. And it's like, it's a little spooky and like you're kind of like, ooh, what's happening? But then it's like, it's an evil car. And a few minutes from now, it's just going to be stupid as hell as like the evil car is no longer scary and is instead just a thing driving around on streets in broad daylight and we shoot missiles at it and stuff. Like, if they had gone for like a more like a, like an actual, like a Christine scary car thing, it could have worked. But instead, it's like, no, it's like this highly militarized, bizarro thing. And then they go to the desert because desert traps twice in a row is really cool. And we should do that. It sucks big. Very bad episode. Four out of 10, probably.
0: Basically, this was an episode to explain why. The Mega Voyager doesn't show up in Countdowns to Destruction one and two, and I almost want to say like if you were to get a DVD rip of this or something like that, like if you get this straight off of a DVD, it'll include like previously on Power Rangers in space, it'll show like the destruction of the Mega Voyager. This might be a contention for getting like just knocked off the filler guide completely. Honestly, yeah,
1: it's a, it's a crummy episode.
0: Yeah. Then we get down to Countdown to Destruction 1
1: and 2. This is the season finale. This is a pretty good season finale. And furthermore, this is, like a, this is a big deal on a lot of levels. There's a few places where it kind of falls shy of perfection. Like the idea is a little better than the execution. But the idea is definitely 10 out of 10 here. And the execution comes pretty close in a lot of spots. If you've watched this whole season, you're now at the end and you get to this conclusion. There's some, it's, it, there's some real, like, uh, weight to this. It's serious. There's a lot at stake. A lot of things go wrong. A lot of characters kind of seem on the edge of breaking. Yeah.
0: Basically, Astronema mm-hmm. is just like, well, I've defeated most of the Power Rangers' defenses. It's time to go on the attack. Let's rally the troops. So Astronema gets fucking everybody.
1: She well, gets- Dark Spectre, especially, is like, now is the time to... Yes. Like, she does a rallying at the beginning, and then Dark Spectre, like, at first, because there's a really funny scene where Diva Tox is like, I don't know if I'm on board with this astronomer thing that she's doing, and then it's like, everyone's like, hey, but Dark Spectre is backing this, and, just, and Diva Tox is like, never mind, whatever you want, I'm here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to contrast this with you, with uh, Diva Tox's first speech hmm. in Turbo because this i felt was like astronomer's evil speech that i was calling for in episode 1 but instead mm-hmm. we get it here in the very
1: end it just seems comical i mean i didn't think it was especially good or bad it just we're going to like... get
0: rid of of love and compassion and good in the world all the anger and hate will rule like uh 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 Like, everything else about the show is so adult in tone and then we get treated to this, like, whack,
1: whack speech. (laughs) Yeah, there's some moments. Like I said, the execution lacks in certain places. There's definitely some moments that suck big. So, Astronomer rallies the troops. Dark Spectre is, like, telling her to go for it and he's, like, backing her and, like, making that known that, like, She's gonna be his like main figurehead for like ruling the universe, um, and everyone everyone gets on board, and so things are really bad everywhere. Like not just on Earth or Ko thirty five or, but like everywhere things are bad. All of the villains are attacking various places. Yeah, like it. it it's just like the the evil is is threatening to win big time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a disaster for the rangers. Like. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll see the rangers like demorphing and like completely unable to handle just everything. Because yeah. the Phantom Rangers gone, like they, the Phantom Ranger had the worst scene, honestly, out of all of them. He started off the scene like already captured. Like just yeah. like a total wuss. Uh, Trey is trying to hold it down, but got overpowered. And then Divatox, surprisingly, took over the alien rangers. Yeah. So it's like all of the allies that they could call upon are no longer available. They're all under assault. And even with Zane's mega wiener, we still are unable to overcome their forces. Like, like Zane's a dumbass. Like, okay, dude. Like, The man goes inside his mega Winger, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take out these Starship cruisers or whatever that are coming in. He smacks one out. He's like one down a gazillion to go And then just gets knocked by like eight of them in the back And cause like destruction to the city Probably costing untold lives.
1: Yeah, it's pretty dumb Things are just a disaster for the Rangers. They're not sure what to do And then this is this is one of my favorite parts of the end is astronomer gives this speech to the people of angel grove and she says i'm gonna kill everyone on earth unless you give me the power rangers and the people of earth are like oh fuck!" (laughs) Um, and like there's some there's like this really good scene of like these like apocalypse survivors in angel grove like huddling around bonfires trying to decide what to do and credit to bulk and skull for sticking it out with the show for this long honestly and being here for this like as annoying as they could be at times i appreciate them to an extent and i'm glad that they're here for this and like Bulk gets up and he's like no the power rangers always come through for us we have to have faith in them and everyone's like all right okay and they kind of like resolve and the power rangers themselves happen to overhear this conversation and are like, "Damn, we really gotta, we really gotta come through for everyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> we really gotta, we have to do this. this is it serious?" This then leads to like not long after my pretty much my favorite scene. I love this. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I love this. Astronoma comes back. She says, "Where are the Power Rangers?" You have to deliver them to me, or I'm killing everyone, like I told you yesterday. And the people of Earth are kind of licking around. And then they all just start stepping up and saying, I'm a Power Ranger. I'm a Power Ranger. And it starts with Bolt going, I'm the Blue Ranger. That's the first one, which I love on every level. Just like that's a that's a perfect meta line. Yeah, it was pretty because, good. Because because TJ is the moral heart of this. And so for the first person to step up and say, I'm the blue ranger, while doing this like big morality, like we're all willing to sacrifice ourselves, like we do we will not bow to evil. Realistically, they know that like they're not they're not doing this to save the rangers. Not actually. They they don't even they couldn't even give the rangers to astronom if they wanted to. They don't know who they are. Skull they're being also- the black ranger was also pretty good. <laughs> You can imagine a universe where that's true. It's just like a really good scene of like everybody, it's like I said, they're not doing this because they explicitly oh, they're doing this because they want to save the rangers. There's this very clear vibe. They're doing this because they will not bow to evil. Yes. You know? Like, that's what they're saying. And everybody steps forward, and even like the woman who was like being the Karen around the bonfire and saying that they should definitely give the power rangers up, steps forward and is like, fuck it, I'm a ranger. I'll die too. Whatever. Fuck this shit. Like, everyone gets... everyone just just like, no. There's just like a moment of mass rejection of author- of authoritarian bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, pre- it's a pretty good scene. I particularly liked Darkonda's subplot during this finale, which yes. is that uh, Darkonda is on his last life, and so this is basically a make-it-or-break-it moment for him where he could take over as the Dark Emperor of the Universe. So now he sees his moment of using this supersonic missile that Astronema had that she was going to destroy the Earth with. Instead, Darkonda is using it to destroy the Dark Spectre. This leads to a little bit of confusion for me, just because, like, Astronema's been like, we're going to destroy the Dark Spectre as well, and all this other stuff. Um, But she keeps getting confused about it turns out uh i guess this is like more 60 chests from astronoma dark Honda unleashes the missile onto dark specter and the dark spender is thought to be dead and then dark Honda then unleashes the second missile against guess ship but instead dark specter rises out and does another like hey I'm not gonna let you do that because I wanna be the one to kill you. There's no way you're gonna live if I'm gonna die. So then like grapples onto Darkonda's ship and like they both get destroyed. So is the only one left.
1: Yeah. And Honda uh, does make it clear, like, this is the grab for all the power. And I do think that, that makes sense here. Like all the marbles are clearly on the table. And like that's the problem. It's like these in order for evil to control the universe, it requires all of these evil people together but they can't like that's like the fundamental thing here you know then it's just astronoma and and so then astronoma like i said does all the stuff on earth people of earth say we're power rangers we're all power rangers but
0: astronoma now has the upper hand on everything so it's not over andros ended up splitting up from the rest of the rangers to do a recon mission out on the ship
1: and ends well, his up... initial goal is to speak with astronomer. He wants to, like, he wants to try to convince her. He came
0: into this knowing that this was one, like, this was, like, a no-exit situation.
1: He definitely seems desperate as he leaves, really, is, like, the big thing. Like, he seems really desperate. The rest of the Rangers seem desperate. The Rangers show up. As Astronema is declaring that she's going to kill all the people, by the way, everyone except for Andrus, who has taken off to the Dark Fortress, and reveal who they are, that these are the people that are the Power Rangers, which is kind of a fun moment because that's never happened before. Um, And there's a bit of a dorky, like, Bulk and Skull are like those guys are the power rangers which would have made sense six seasons ago as a gag but uh didn't really make sense here um because like bulk and skull have interacted with those people like four times um <laughs> and like barely know who they are <laughs> like realistically i have to say like that scene of them on the rooftop being like we're the actual power rangers really good really really yeah good. it was really good
0: You could see it done in, like, a modern day with, like, all of the camera work involved, and it would look pimped of, like, them revealing
1: themselves. Just, like, it really worked well, especially because it's, like, all of these people who have been saying that the Power Rangers are just regular-looking people, you know, basically just, like, kind of regular folks. And then these these people appear and say, we're the actual Power Rangers, and they're all in torn-up clothing, they're all fucking shredded buff. And like, they just look like badasses, you know?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. really good.
1: <laughs> so the big reveal when Andrus gets to the Dark Fortress is that Zordon is there right now. And that his power is weak, but that he's still alive and he's there. And Zordon tells Andrus, listen, this is what you have to do. You have to destroy the tube that I'm in and release me as energy. You have to strike me down like Obi-Wan so that I can become more powerful than I've ever been. (laughs) This was definitely,
0: like, I wasn't getting, like, Star Wars. I was getting straight Jesus vibes here.
1: Yeah, no. Because he straight up
0: says, like, the only way to defeat the evil is to strike me down to release the good energy in the world to help counteract this evilness.
1: Yeah, and it will destroy me, but like I will live on in this good energy that will like make everything good for a long time or maybe forever, you know?
0: Astronomer also says, Look at your era, Zordon. It's coming to an end. Now is time for the era of astronoma.
1: <laughs> very, very cheeky, very good little nod. And Andros is a at first. Of course like no, I can't do this, Zordon. I can't kill you. I don't care if I don't care if it would save the universe. I can't kill you. You're you're important. You're important to me, you're important to everyone. I I can't do that. And of course like we don't know exactly what Andros and Zordon's relationship is, but we can kind of infer that you know, he has his own arc of hanging out with Zordon a lot and like, you know, like, you know, from the past and that like he's also really attached to Zordon in the same way a lot of these other characters are. And so Andros is like, no, I can't do this. And he he hesitates over and over as he tries to decide what to do. And then Astronoma shows up and they get into a fight. And this is a great fight, really well choreographed. And also just, just Andros' plots on the ship. I want to just gloss over them for time, but they're really good, by the way. Like how he tricks everyone. And like, I, I liked everything here. He fights with Astronoma and Astronoma goes for the killing blow against him. And she's like, this is your end, brother. And like, points her staff at him, and like, shoots this blast of evil magic at him that is lethal. And Andros deflects it, and it hits her, and Astronoma collapses, and seems to be dead.
0: There's no like <gasps> or something like that. Nah, dude, like
1: she's straight dead. Yeah, she just fought, she just crumples. She just it's just like a paper bag. Like this you know? was an actual death that happened in the show. And astronoma just collapses. Like I said and, she, and and Andros just rushes to her. He's so he's distraught. He can't believe it. What has happened? And ecliptor runs in and is like, "What have you done?" And Andros is like, "No, you don't understand. It was an accident." And he's so upset and it's just like it, it's it's really just it's heart wrenching. And this leads to Andros Zordon is he he fights with Eclipso and it's a really another really good little fight and Zordon is just insisting Andros you have to destroy me. You have you can't keep putting this off. Yeah, you have to do it. And finally he does and it releases this good energy that spreads throughout the entire universe. This positive wave of good vibes. And this is kind of interesting because it's not just astronomer. We'll talk about that in a second. But in general, if you were redeemable, the good vibes do not destroy you. And if you weren't, then they do, is what it seems like. Is that what you got? Yes, yes. Anybody who had a
0: latent <laughs> good in them, but have been evil lately, have been forgived. And they go back to their good selves. Everyone else who's just straight evil, no redeemable qualities whatsoever, got murked. Eclipter yeah. murked. Though I would say they should have kept Ecliptor alive. There there is there is something to be said for Eclipter being alive still, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um you could
1: make an argument.
0: Elgar, gone. Quantum bots, gone. Yeah, like Divatox, I said Mondo, super gone. Divatox is now like this free flowing woman out in the jungle right now, which is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, um, she seems to be living her best life. Yeah, she's uh, straight
0: up living her best life.
1: Also, Zed and Rita, very cute, honestly. Good fan service. After all that we've watched, like, those two, just to have them, like, they just kind of turn into this just, like, cute little, like, middle-aged, average couple. Yeah, And they're and falling Zed's in like, love
0: all over again.
1: And, and yeah, they just look at each other and they're falling in love all over again, like you said. It's just a really cute scene. And then, last but certainly not least, the good waves hit Astronema, and she turns good and alive at the same time, as Andros is, like, crying over her.
0: So, I think Zordon's whole good vibes uh, tube is basically just a battery of the morphing grid, no?
1: Of, like, uh, grid I energy? I think it's more like this. He, he probably is just, like, pure morphing grid energy himself right this is what i think and like that's he's like that's he's an extra extra dimensional being that's all he's ever been described as but that's what he's like made of it's just like morphing grid energy is what i think and so like he knows that if this tube is broken he's gonna die because like this tube is like what keeps his energy contained into like a form more or less but that like all of that morphing grid energy will be released and that like it's probably like it's probably, like, equal to the amount of morphing grid energy that exists out there currently. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably just, like, doubling the amount of good energy in the universe in that moment.
0: Yeah. It's it's awesome stuff. Like, I love that scene. It was a great scene. I was like, wait, were we watching the New Testament the whole time?
1: Um... <laughs> really good. Really really love it. Honestly, one of the best outros we've seen. Just really good overall. And I I really like the final little bit of the outro, too. Which is that uh, the the rangers go to KO-35 and they help out there. And then the Earth rangers are like, hey, we kind of want to go home. It's been a while since we've been able to just relax on Earth. And um, Andros is like, I think maybe I want to stay here. And Andros and Asher are talking about what they want to do. And it's like they're not sure. And then like the four rangers get on the ship and they're looking kind of sad. Andros is being an adult about it. Don't get
0: yeah. me wrong. This no. is better than Kimberly's exit. And yeah. actually yeah. like, Hey, you know, I don't think we should continue this. Cause I want to stay here and all this other stuff. And she's like, okay, I understand.
1: Yeah. They're both very adult about it before the, the four earth rangers get on the ship and they're getting ready to take off. And they're all, they're all looking kind of sad, especially Ashley, who, if you want to give some credit to that actress, she sells this scene perfectly. Like she's doing that perfect job of acting like, of like I don't want to be upset, but also I'm deeply upset and I'm just trying to hide it. Yeah, but you as know? we all know, Andros
0: um, is gonna be there for her. But
1: then Andros, Corone, and Zane come onto the ship. Even Zane shows up, and they're like, nah, fuck that. We're gonna, we're gonna, Let's all, let's all, let's go to space to get, fuck that." And that's how it ends. <laughs> it's a great
0: ending. I actually <laughs> love it. Great. It's Great. It reminds it's really me. Cute. It reminds me of cute. the uh, the Persona Five ending, where they all like they're like, hey, you know, school's over. We're all gonna be transitioning to college now or whatever. And they just go out for one last like summer vacation all out together. And they're driving by like the countryside as they take uh, the main character back to where he lives. And it's just like feel good vibes with like music in the background as they're driving. Good stuff. Great ending. I loved it. I loved it a lot. Yeah. Before we get into the season review, let's go over Ranger, Ranger, Ranger. rankings. Bottom. The Hastantum Ranger, right?
1: <laughs> 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 He's uh, in the season. I think. Wait, bottom is Justin. Yeah. If we're gonna include those characters, it's Justin. All right. All right. We won't include the features. Okay. Uh, even though I would like to include Adam, we'll we'll skip the features. And just okay. stick to the main ranges. I think Bottom is Zane. I think Bottom is Cassie. I thought that although Cassie didn't get much time to shine, that like the just did a great job and that like the few moments that she got portrayed a more interesting character than Zane.
0: I think talking about it with you, I think it's the fact that Zane is just unlikable most of the time. And just like okay or somewhat charming the other half of the time. And talking it out with you over this episode, I think has really shown like how much I really didn't like Zane. Do I value that over someone who's largely not been focused at all this season? Yeah, I guess I could put I guess I could see that. Yeah, I guess I could see Zane Cassie.
1: It's a tough it's a tough
0: call. But this is like
1: these characters got like a great run this season they i also kinda... want to say
0: like zane and cassie are like c c tier characters okay normally when we're talking about like all right the worst ragers we're talking like d or f Like right. this is like high yes. c territory yes very much so yeah i think it's zane and then cassie and then uh ashley right ashley you know, I... ashley I, I...
1: I think Ooh. I like Ashley more than Andros.
0: Yes, I forgot about Andros. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andros. I think,
1: I think I would have to put... I think I would have to put... Yeah, Andros next. And again, keep in mind that, like, the worst character here is, like, a six, like Grav is saying, out of ten. at At worst. Like, this is not even comparable. Like, there have been whole seasons with no characters hardly this good as, like, the worst characters here. Like, the, the, the we I just want to, I just want to be clear. Yeah. But anyway, Andros next, and then Ashley. And the reason why is because both of these characters fail to develop perfectly, in my opinion. Like, they both, like, lack in certain areas. But I really felt like Ashley did portray really well as, like, a sympathetic and compassionate friend character that even if she didn't get a chance to, like, shine on her own much, um, I liked what she brought it was a positive character the actress did nail some of the really important scenes really well i thought and i i just i just i just have to rank her just a little above andros
0: i agree so it goes zane cassie andros
1: ashley carlos tj yep 100% carlos is great really unexpected gem of the season like you don't go into it expecting much out of Carlos. We did mention in, in in Turbo that we thought Carlos showed a tiny bit of potential like in Turbo, but that like there just wasn't much to work with there. So like it wasn't a complete shock for him to like suddenly like turn out, turn up to be like a, a, an amazing character and like a, a very good actor. But like, yeah, it, it was kind of a little bit of an out of left field, unexpected gem, of just great performances from carlos really had some of the strongest episodes of the season you just love it it's like really is a battle of like the best of the best
0: this is like the creme de la creme here because like tj is really fucking good the thing is is that tj is like a nine or a ten all the time right and like unfortunately that's sort of like screen time and uh, dialogue just doesn't happen as often with Carlos as much as I'd like.
1: But yeah. yeah. I- also TJ literally like that actor just brings like 10 out of 10 acting to like every episode of this fucking show. It's amazing. Like some of the other actors occasionally seem like they're not giving a hundred percent. TJ never once seems that way in it at one time during in space. I never felt like the actor playing TJ ever gave anything less than A fucking stellar performance. He nails every scene, every emotion, and is just such a likable character. I just love TJ.
0: Yeah, truly, like his Blue Ranger performance is the best Blue Ranger performance. He is like among, honestly, he's like top two Ranger for me, if I'm being honest. Like I know, we're gonna get into our Zordon era rankings yeah, he, in a separate he, he's, Patreon he's video. He's strongly but like, in the
1: running for the top, and if 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 y'all if that comes as a surprise to y'all, y'all just didn't watch this stuff. Is all I can say. Because <laughs> like, if you watched this season and you didn't just fall in love with TJ, I don't know what to say. You think I'm swooning for Andros? I'm way more swooning for TJ. That's not only is TJ. A good looking fella, but he would take care of you when the chips are down. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he really would. He really, really would. Such an amazing character. This is an S
1: tier ranger. Yeah. He really excels, like I said before, just in in his capacity as a leader. He frequently like helps like come up with like, especially against the Psycho Rangers, he helps come up with some of the plans, help them outsmart the Rangers and things like that. And, of course, in TJ's Identity Crisis, just the, the character development that you get there is just incredible, and you just love it. I don't know. There's just so much. There's so much to love about TJ. I could go on and on. I could do a whole TJ episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what did you think about the season as a whole? What would you rate it?
1: I think I'd probably rate it maybe, maybe even a low 9, but probably more realistically a high 8. There are things that are... Not perfect here. There are some episodes that are very confusing. There are a few plot lines that they kind of drop the ball with. There's some things that were kind of unnecessary. And like they certainly didn't do the service that they should have to certain characters. In particular, Cassie really should have gotten more. She's She's clearly a very good actress. Like if I was ranking them just on acting ability, Cassie would be like maybe number two under TJ. I mean that she really sells her scenes. She really delivers a lot of emotion. She's capable of a wide range of emotion compared to some of the other actors on this show. Like it it just it just really sucks to see her be given such a short end of the stick. And uh, that's not my only complaint. But it's like there's a lot of small gripes like that that I can't quite get over to like say it's perfect. But my God, did they come close?
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think I'm willing to say this is a 9.0. Like, is it greater than the sum of its parts? I think it is. I think conceptually, it is so high up there. And the execution, for the most part, landed really well. Yeah. There's a couple of changes I would have made personally to some of the episodes, like there's two really bad episodes and a third kind of sort of bad one, which is uh, True Blue to the Rescue. Because I'm like, you really didn't need to do that, and uh, A Line in the Sand, and then even I would almost go so far as to say the Impenetrable Web is also not very pretty good. Pretty bad, pretty um,
1: bad. I thought, yeah,
0: yeah. So like, you still have those three episodes, and unfortunately, it's like the last two episodes before the two part finale. So it kind of leaves, like, a really bad taste in your mouth. Ah, man. I gotta say, like, it's I, I, Star I, yeah. Trek Power Rangers <laughs> with, like, so a, good. with additions of, like, Silver Surfer. <laughs> like, yeah, just all of it's these amazing. different American sci-fi focused... Areas that we've explored prior to this show being made, or even movies that have been made prior to the show, like there's even like an Among Us episode, sort of, yeah, right, where I think it's a the episode where Astronoma plays as the Yellow Ranger, Astronoma ends up like getting all of them except for one, yeah, <laughs> and I was like doing the Among Us like counter in my head That's <laughs> that shit, or like the Armageddon episode. Wow. The Carlos episodes, like, all this stuff. Like, it's all, like, 10 out of 10 sort of stuff,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and astronomer, amazing villain. So it's like we have a great cast of Rangers. We had a great villain this season, too. I love that she was so glam and femme. Obviously, that speaks to me personally. But I also just love that conceptually how, like, they they had this villain that was both hard and delicate, you know? And like was able to like express both of those things. I, there, there, there's just so much love. I, I agree. It's got to be. It's got to be right on the 9.0. You can't give it more than right a flat nine. But you got to give it because the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And this is this is this like
0: so many concepts,
1: and pinnacle. they didn't
0: they didn't fuck up like most of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like because they've been teasing. It's the opposite of turbo. Where they had a million concepts and they fucked them all up and don't follow up on any of them.
0: Yeah, like the hit rate for In Space is way higher than the rest of the seasons. And then on top of that, like the hits
1: keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, They really do. A lot of seasons you'd be watching, you'd be like, "Eh," you know, you watch like three episodes that are like a six and then you watch one that's like an eight and like that gets you through. This season is like, most episodes are like a, a seven. Minimum. Minimum. A lot of them are just eight or nine straight up. Like, there's just so many good episodes. It's insane.
0: Yeah, and another thing about this, too, that I wanted to mention was just the fact that, like, it's hard for me to fault it too much because there's so many unexplored concepts that they explored in this one. Like, even Zane's sixth ranger concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Zane as a ranger is awful, right? He's, like, actively, like, unlikable. But that exploration of, like, well, what is the end point for this, right? Like, how can we take this sort of concept where the Six Ranger is not just, like, the white savior of the show, right? And is just simply, like, a normal human being like the rest of us who also has, like, extra firepower on him. Because I wouldn't say, like, Zane absolutely always comes to the rescue like the Green Ranger Dragonzord
1: shit, right? No, no. It's not like that. Random. Yeah. You don't know when he's going to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, just exploring these concepts out fully, I think, was really good. Mm -hmm. I don't like Astronema as much as I like Diva Talks or Rita, but I still think she's really good. I think she suffers from when she turns, like, completely evil. Her
1: performance goes down. A lot of things aren't quite as good after that about her, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, the bad episodes take place in between some really pogged-out shit. So, it's, like, it's kind of rough when it gets to those goings. But, yeah, I got to give it a solid 9.0 out of 10. I yeah. also want to say that this season was a little bit symbolic of Kennedy's and I's friendship because this is the first season that we majority watched all of these episodes together. Yeah. We normally go off on our own to watch them.
1: Not this time. It yeah. was fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I always enjoy spending time with you. Thank you. Well. And I hope, I hope that all of you listeners feel the same way.
0: Yeah. And I hope you listeners also enjoy In Space like we did- Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Power Rangers Lost Galaxy.
1: Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh It's coming. It's coming soon.
0: Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them, and as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.